Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of Story of Pastits. We're back after a two-week break and we're ready to storm through season one of our podcast. Today with us, we have a super interesting guest, someone that we've been in discussions with for a couple of weeks now to get on the show. Um, writer and producer, photographer, screenwriter, poet and Nimitzi. And me, how are you? <laughs> That's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> I'm good, Julian. How are you doing? <laughs> all right, all right. To be honest, um, uh, we're, we're fairly new to podcasting, so uh, this two-week break kind of set me back a bit. I was just starting to get acclimatized to the world of being a host and now it feels a bit more stiff yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you've been taking the, the the right approach i mean there's there's no need to rush these things especially um when they're still in this these early sort of creative stages it's good to give yourself a chance even just digest the last episodes you had think a little bit about how you want to take a different angle the next time and that's what i told you last time i felt like you've been able to keep it fresh from episode to episode so i'd say don't change your formula you know you, you've got something good going on Thanks a lot. I appreciate the feedback. Um, Anthony, I mentioned quite a lot of uh, titles while I was introducing you. And it's, <laughs> it's a pattern which I'm uh, kind of getting used to with all our previous guests as well. And the one thing in common we have is that uh, we were all, we're all uh, indie creators in a sense. So we all have that sort of indie background. And mm -hmm. it's kind of a pattern which we're noticing that whenever you're starting out in the in the world, particularly, you, you just happen to be a jack of all trades, master of all kind of thing. Um, what what would be the best? How, how would it be to, to describe you best at the moment? Ah, yeah, I've I've really, really been been struggling a lot lately with with finding the, the right words, because obviously networking is a big part of what we do. Uh, and so you you often find yourself in these like elevator pitch type situations where it's just 30 seconds to tell somebody half important, listen, I'm so and so I've done this and that. And you want to keep it clean and concise. Otherwise, you take somebody's ear off. Um, so for, for me right now, I would I would definitely say um, the, the, the main consumer of my time is 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 right. And that is is kind of creatively. So I kind of like to think of myself as a little bit of a multimedia artist. I kind of stutter even with the word artist because it brings so much of its own packaging and, and so on. Um, but but I don't like to be limited to mediums. I mean, right now I'm fortunate to be able to be working with an illustrator, a fashion designer, and a filmmaker. So in, in that sense, uh, you can really see the, the disciplines cross over. But as you know, obviously my big heart and, and the, where I really want to see myself fully invested is, is in the world of film. Um, you know, getting fully fredged screenplays or miniseries uh, out into the world, that, that I suppose is... Um, is is the real driver for the long 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 term goal nice nice um uh, so i'm i'm curious i haven't known you for um a long time and i think this is the first ever proper discussion we're having um how did it all start um previous episodes we've mentioned our um our inception as kind of amateur filmmakers from a very young age and I'm curious to see um, I'm always curious to to see the backgrounds of different kind of creators and I mean it's the same for you uh, yeah I mean for me it's 
I, I always like to go back to the, 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 the same story, really. Uh, and that is that I was maybe 13, 14, still at school. Um, and I remember I, there was Andrew Randon in my class and we were okay. doing, it was, it was a Maltese, it was a Maltese subject that we were obviously, both of us struggled to, to keep our attention focused on where it should be. Um, so when the day came that we had to do some sort of a big presentation on something Maltese, Andrew and I got the big idea in our heads that we would we would take his mother's camera and shoot the Great Siege, the Great Siege of Malta, you know, like just two, two, two kids. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Now I, uh, you know, at, at at the risk of rambling on, essentially that it it was it was those early moments that then turning into us making little World War Two home movies that I think was the first beginning of that passion. But then um, you know life does its thing. Andrew went to MCAST. I ended up uh, going to a, a, a state boarding school in England for a couple of years. From there, I decided to stay on at university. So you know, we we kept contact. Obviously, we were always good friends throughout the years. Um, but I went on to to focus on things like history and, and, and philosophy and my writing. And and Andrew actually, uh, after doing some time in IT, then went on to to, to specialize in camera work. So it was really when I was in the run up to finishing my university degree and we were, we were still talking, that he said, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm growing, the work is growing, there, there's more to be done in, in, in the creative department as well. So he said, look, if, if you wanna try it, you're not tied to anything right now and you, you want to try join me on some jobs, you know, now is the chance. And I said, you know what, to hell with it. I'd always been a bit of an indecisive person in my life, but it felt right. I took all the money that I had saved up and put it on a Panasonic GH5. So if there wasn't anything to do on set, at least I'd invent something to do on set. Um, and, and that's literally where it started for me about four years ago now, going on wow. five. Wow, wow, what yeah. a story. <laughs> Quite a relatable story, actually. Um, uh, and and it's 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 funny because uh, again, it's kind of a pattern we're, we're noticing across the board with a lot of uh, indie the creators. It's that passion always starts from these big dreams and mm -hmm. uh, very little resources, but you somehow make it work. And that's very yeah. nice to see. And no, so, exactly. Exactly. Sorry, sorry. And, and uh, I, in fact, no, I was going to add, you know, that, that obviously the, the, the dream he knew from the, what, the work I was doing already um, in London. But obviously the dream for me was to go straight into writing scripts, but you, nobody comes straight out of school and starts writing scripts for, for clients or so on. So I just committed to the idea that I'll come on set, I'll, I'll do anything, I'll carry the bags, I'll, I'll do camera work, I'll do this, just, just to get in the industry, to get a feel. And eventually that opportunity came where I could then write my, my first script and, and that, that was a funny story as well. <laughs> nice. Um, uh to be honest, you're mentioning London, you're mentioning abroad, and I know it's a bit of a, a funny situation we're living in at the moment, given that we're quite restricted with going abroad and whatnot. And it's always been one of my dreams to um, A, shoot abroad, and B, uh, even maybe get the opportunity to, to spend some time living abroad especially London. I visited London last year and I fell in love just before COVID hit. And I, I'm, I'm wondering what life is like in London as a creator and 
possibly what you learned from your experience studying abroad? Well, it's it's, it's definitely a, a very very inspiring place, like very very conducive to to, to self growth. Really, I would say, I, I like I, I was glad that I kind of took the jump at at studying something that was already I was already genuinely interested in and was already close to my heart. Um, I took the risk and, and, and took a loan. I knew I didn't want to come back home to Malta yet, which was nothing against Malta. It was, it was probably just more that I just didn't, didn't want to be at home. And I, I had this feeling of wanting to be out into the world. Um, but uh, honestly, I think, I think for me, it was the combination of everything at the time. I was, I was teaching in London to kind of stay afloat whilst, whilst studying in between that. Uh, and I was studying, like I mentioned earlier, um, history and philosophy. So essentially uh, storytelling, but then in a, in a very philosophical sense. And my degree was liberal arts, so it was always about seeing how disciplines inter sort of intersect. So it was then exploring that in modern media, exploring that in, in, in modern newspapers, in film, in, in performance art. So London was, it was, was an exceptional place in that I had incredible people around me, from, from the professors to the people that I could just uh, meet on my uh, corner after a lecture and have a coffee with. There was this, this just air of continuous simulation, inspiration, uh, so in that sense, it, it, it definitely opened my mind. But it has the downside in that it can be too much and you, you, you can stretch yourself out way too thin. Um, it's, it's, it's a grind there as well. Okay, it's interesting. Um, uh, well, again, I can't really comment on what life abroad and, and the industry is in general, but from, a, uh, from, a, from the perspective I get, online it seems like opportunities can be far bigger um in london yeah. or, or or anywhere but malta at the moment i think <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's the thing the 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 market is definitely massive and you in a in a small space you can be very very closely connected to a lot of different influencers uh, models actors uh, you know artists of all kind that if you're just starting out, you can be clever about it and, you know, come up with quirky personal projects that are going to get your attention, which if you think about it, isn't too far off what happens here. Mm -hmm. But as you know, once it gets to a certain tier uh, of making adverts, then it ends up tends to be a little bit... Uh, the competition tends to be tighter knit here. The networks mm -hmm. tend to be tighter uh, and... Um, and yeah, I think that's why sometimes people can feel a little bit kind of nearly closed off here. Like if you're not in that inner circle or not in the know or you don't know that person, then you may be unlikely to hear or get that job. Um, but again, it's, it's not necessarily true either, because in the last four or five years that I've been back in Malta, it's blown my mind the amount of, of interesting people I've ran into here from all around the world uh, with interesting projects of their own. And it's actually made me feel really lucky and blessed to be in a place where I'm in such close proximity to A, incredible locations and B, incredible people, you know. Um, Malta is, is, is rich with culture and history. Um, and so in many ways, I feel like a lot of creatives don't have an excuse here either. Like if you want to do it, um, you, you really, really can. I agree. I agree. No excuses at all. I mean, um, 
I think we've got some of the nicest locations. A lot of features are shot here just for the simple reason that we have some amazing scenery. And I think we no, take yeah, it for, exactly. for granted I sometimes mean, as well. I mean, within a within a kilometer, you could be shooting with a background that could be Palestine, and you, then you could be shooting with a background that's in Venice. You know, like in the space of a kilometer. Yeah. So that that that's nuts for for people abroad, and we have that like for free effectively because we yeah. just live here. We can pick up a camera, call up a friend who's maybe a dancer or this or that, and go shoot something, you know, put, put it out there. Things gain traction organically, and um, as we've always said, the best projects. Um, come come from these personal ones. I mean, like uh, you had mentioned before, like for example, we had done the, the Happy Campers uh, Iceland project. <laughs> I don't know if I'm mentioning that prematurely, but um, that, uh, that, that, that was one that was an investment of our time, but actually paid off in, in how much interest we got organically afterwards. So you're mentioning that one, and um, it's a very interesting project that I want to... Uh, you know, talk talk about with you. I think the first time I actually met you in person was at the screening uh, of that oh, yeah, advert yeah, 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 yeah. at Spinola. You're right, yes. <laughs> because um, coincidentally, I was looking for a Scandinavian looking male and I remember someone, I put up a post and someone tagged you in the comments. And I remember you came, I think you came on, on private chat and yes, told me yes, uh, it's a slow open. And, and coincidentally, uh, that same evening, there was the screening and you guys screened the Happy Campers uh, film and I, I had screened, uh, I think, a short film about my cousin who's a footballer. That's it. Yes, I remember <laughs> that. It was it was great. You see? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Malt has been great for this. Like, I, I really loved that that initiative. That, I think that, in, I in one event, I think there were most of Malta's filmmakers just in one event, so. Uh, yeah, no, and it, and it was nice to see everybody there from, from passion, really, just appreciating one another's work. Um, mm. But I had already seen that advert before. Is it correct? I'm, I'm saying it was an advert. Was it an advert? Well, this, this is the thing. Uh, we actually ended up getting two things out of it, a short film and and an advert, right, what right. we call the, the, just the commercial version, um, right. which, which was more, more for them the, as the brand. Right. Uh, the, sh the short film was a little bit more for us afterwards and even just to tell a little bit behind the story of how we told that story. <laughs> yeah. so, so how did that happen? I mean, it's, it's easily, I can easily say it's one of the prettiest, most beautiful shot adverts I've seen. Um, it's pacey, it keeps you there. Um, it's got nice scenery. It's got everything you want in a short amount of time. And it really struck me, it stayed with me. Um, what, what What's the story? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that's a really funny example because uh, it was, not really that that far into my my career to be honest i'd only really finished maybe doing my second year maybe half yeah two years with andrew at that point um so under my belt i'd only had maybe three four commercials that i had written myself um so it was you know we 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 weren't coming at it from an angle of of being some really massively established uh company or anything but Basically, my, my uncle was, was getting married that summer. And my, my, I'm talking about my Icelandic uncle, so my mother's younger brother. Um, 
And so I, I knew I was going to make a trip up there to, to go and see him and be there for the wedding. But um, I had for a while followed a few uh, interesting Instagram pages that, that sort of showcased traveling around Iceland. And one of them was a company called Happy Campers, who I found interesting because essentially their whole business model was taking old vans, redoing the inside and just making them livable. So you can just drive, drive around the whole country. Um, and I and I love the quirkiness of of their whole approach to social media. They seem to not take themselves too seriously. Um, so I, I I said, what the hell? I, I I spoke to Andrew. I said, listen, if we had to maybe manage to sort out some kind of a journey, would you be interested? He said, what kind of journey? Oh, you know, I'm thinking Iceland. He said, Iceland? Yeah, Iceland. <laughs> so, I said, I told him about the, uh, I told him about the camper van company. And, um, and he said, yeah, why don't you just email them? And so I decided to get in touch. I just said, listen, uh, we're a couple of content creators. I'm coming up to Iceland anyway. I'm half Icelandic, so I, I, I know the country. Um, and uh, we, were, we were thinking whether you might want to collaborate on something. A couple of days later, the guy asks us to Skype. <laughs> and um, before we knew it, I was, I was drafting him a little proposal idea for, for a concept that we could shoot out there. Something obviously on minimal budget. So being that, that I've, I've, always, um, I've always made a little bit of a, I say a, a hobby, but really also even at this point, a profession of, of acting. Um, I said, you know, I can act the role, we can come up with a character. The, the beautiful visuals are all owed, of course, to Andrew. He had just bought uh, his, his red before we went on that trip. In fact, that was the first project he, he shot with the red. Uh, so that was the first time him handling that camera completely handheld. Um, and yeah, the, 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 the camper van company flat out offered us, they said, listen, you can, have, you can have the van for a week, we'll cover petrol expenses and everything and you, you do us this video. Uh, so before we, before we knew it, we were on our way up to Iceland with a map in front of us, a little bit of a, a draft script uh, that I had come up with um, and, and, and a plan. But the whole plan fell apart in truth because you can't plan for the elements, what you're gonna see, what you're not gonna see. So in truth, what it really ended up being was a character that we created and then just dropped him into an unknown variable and just, let things happen. I was fortunate in that I knew some people so they could set up some tours and things, uh, um, random uh, people that we could meet and interview. So that there was, there was things along the way. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the story of how that came together. <laughs> nice. I didn't know there was such a rich backstory to that, to that video. <laughs> and so, yeah, so no. I think the marriage actually shows in the video at some point. Am I correct? The, the what? the the couple at the wedding yo yes yes they do they do so they that's do. your uncle yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> andrew shot a wedding video for them as well <laughs> <laughs> you you hit two birds with one stone three birds i think with one stone <laughs> yes yes nice. yes everybody nice. was all on on the same page about it we were all, all making a movie together and movie i didn't know you were lives. you were half icelandic yeah, so my my mother's my mother's from there. I've I've right. always so my my background culturally is is a like complete mix up. I mean, up until I went to school, my mother just spoke to me in Icelandic, um, but in Missyrian halohra bil Malti. I had I have I obviously then at fifteen I went to to England. 
uh, where you know I had to switch switch footing, you know, and suddenly I was being like made fun of because of how I spoke English, <laughs> you know, like you know. Scandinavian male. Moshek. Makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, you mentioned the uh, that that some of the best stories you tell, some of the best work you produce is usually from personal projects. It's something that we're we're always speaking about uh, ourselves, and it's it's amazing how you know something that you do with uh, with limited budget, but you know with all the creative freedom, usually gives you. Um, very interesting results in that mm. your creative expression isn't kind of, I'm not going to say suffocated because it's, it has a negative connotation, but it's, uh, it's a bit restricting when you have, when you're producing a video for, for a client versus when you're telling a story which you've developed yourself and you're trying to make it work according to your creative vision. And to be honest, it's what, uh, it's a challenge that we face on the daily because we're always saying we want to make a, a passion project. I mean, our, our, our background is we literally, we're here, we owe what we have at the moment to personal projects because um, uh, coincidentally, that's how we got our first client, just um, like you got Happy Campers. We reached out, we had reached out to Shoreditch um, when we just bought a camera and we told him, listen, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll produce a commercial for you. Um, all on the house, just tag us and give us give us um, the credits that we wrote. And the day after that went out, we got about 30 phone calls and it was the start of a journey that <laughs> is, is, is... Exactly. Yep, so... Uh, there you go. Um, going back to the point of passion projects, it's something which I think some creators may undermine and, and may um, kind of underestimate the power of you know finding time to to tell those stories that you you've always wanted to tell and hone your craft um, while doing something you're you're really passionate about. So, um, yeah, any, no, I any, completely agree. Any I, any excite? Sorry, sorry, end. No, 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 copy, copy, copy. Something maybe which isn't client-based and which is something that you know you've wanted to do, to do for a long time. Hmm. Which isn't client-based. Well, I I just finished actually something which which in truth I had been been wanting to do for for some time, and that was um, it's essentially a, a little compilation of my writings of fragments through the years. Sort okay. of poetic pieces that I managed to to actually combine into a, a story that right. that li li reads like a a, a short um, yeah it's maybe twenty five pages it's it's very punchy so it kind of follows a simple rhyme as well you can kind of just get very kind of quickly lost into it I hope um, and it's 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 something to be honest that touches on on something I've always wanted to do because. I like I like to to breathe kind of in some ways meaning in in what I in what I do, um, and that obviously can as you said can be hard when you're when you're under certain pressures or under certain measures, and as somebody who's who's studied um, history has a passion for history and philosophy, um, I like to try and create things that ultimately are going to give something 
to 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 the viewer or whoever's engaging them in such a way that they can go away with some kind of a reflection, inspiration of their own. Uh, I think ultimately that's that's what we should be doing is 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 starting. Um, sort of fires for each other, you know, starting conversations in one another's minds, questioning fundamentally. Um, so that, that, that's, a, that's a little storybook that I, I hope to put out. I'm, I'm not sure exactly on the format yet. Uh, I've been toying with the idea of doing some sort of an interactive exhibition. Um, right. I've even toyed with the idea of just printing it out normally. Um, but that's, that's something that's been, been taken up some time. And equally, one other thing that I'd like to mention as well, quite quickly, I've been working with uh, illustrator uh, Zach Ritchie, and we've oh, been yeah. also working on, on something that is much closer to the heart of, of Malta. Since okay. coming back to Malta, um, I've, I've much more reconnected with the roots, with the culture here. And over the last two, three years, I've, I've really had the opportunity to, yeah, really sink my teeth into Maltese literature and Maltese history. Um, and that has really inspired me uh, in, in my writing and even what I want to produce for Maltese society and for Maltese culture. Something that maybe people can take away that allows them to have a little bit of a perspective on their lives here. Unfortunately, the creatives here can feel very stifled and have a very, I don't want to say wrong view because everybody is just to have their own perspective, but there, there, can, be, there can be quite a, quite a skewed vision of what is actually quite a quite a, a rich and, and full full place in terms of what we have to offer in in, in character and in and in history um so we've been working on on some cartoons uh, characteristically maltese cartoons um again something that we're not not certain exactly how the format's going to come out we've been speaking to different publishers and even some animators uh but that is something that's definitely definitely going to come from the heart and I do think, uh, as you're mentioning, that uh, creators and artists do have that sort of social responsibility to um, not just be creative and, you know, end it at that, but also uh, have a story with meaning and with uh, a rich background. And as as you said, it, it, co it causes the audience to question themselves and, you know, spark discussions and spark creativity. Mm -hmm. So that's very nice. That's it. And sometimes it can be really personal in the sense, sometimes an artist in his work or a writer, filmmaker, whatever it is, I think, I think artists encapsulates all those subcategories. Yep. Um, but, but, but whatever it is fundamentally, um, I would say you need to really know like it can be something personal, you know, you need, to, you need to know what you're going in for, but it can be something really that's personal to you. Some people have, again, a lot of anxieties or problems with Malta that maybe want them to, to leave and go to, to London and film and start a career there. But why not address those problems in your work here and put something out that maybe other people can relate with here and say, wow, you know what? I feel that same way. Because until as Maltese people, we start creating work that is expressing our discomfort in society, that is expressing the problems we have with our culture, with whatever it is, unless we're the people to address that, then nothing's gonna change. And we're, we're worthless just complaining about it and leaving the country or this and that, you know? So everybody, I think, on some level has that duty, whether you're a, a poet, filmmaker, or, or painter, you know? E express that discomfort if you're feeling discomfort, or express that happiness if you're feeling happiness, but on some level, just express something, something real, because it's only that that's gonna make society progress, that's gonna make people wanna have a conversation. Mania. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And uh, sometimes I think we, we complain a bit too much and we're not proactive about the situation. 
yeah. You've you've mentioned the fact that you know Malta, especially in the commercial sphere, it's kind of when you get to the top, then it's just it's who you know and not what you yeah. know, and uh, that's sort of uh, I think uh, it's an issue you know sprouting from the fact that we're such a, a small island, but at the same time. Um, uh, there's there's this mentality across the board. I think it's not just in our mm. industry, but it's it's obviously affects us that you know when it comes to uh, to certain choices, you don't get chosen because you know you don't know who that particular person is or whoever. Yeah. So so that's one of the the issues I think. Um, but yeah, and I I really think though the, the 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 rules of the game are changing. I mean, like with the example that you agreed. gave, sort of with you and your brother um, with Shoreditch. You know, that's still possible. A lot of the bigger companies that used to just handle all the big commercials here are now starting to become just focused on foreign films. Um, and that's actually leaving a much bigger gap on the market to, to, to creators like ourselves uh, for, for tenders, bigger bigger national campaigns. Uh, and if you're willing to, to, to sort of stick your head out there and take these sort of dives, these risks, you know, just, just knock on people's doors, um, then, then, you know, the, the opportunities are there to be taken, I believe. They, re they really are. And, and in the same sense, just like we were saying, also there's the responsibility to, to do something different with those opportunities. We're, we're up against seriously, seriously hard-headed people. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> but but it, again, again, it's, it's, it's up to us to keep just pushing it an inch at a time, an inch at a time, mm -hmm. an inch at a time, mm -hmm. you know? Pushing In combinazione, I was talking about this very thing with, with Andrew last time. Um, because it's true, sometimes, uh, as we were saying, you know, your creative expression is limited when you're doing work for other people. And, that's something which I've always, uh, and maybe that's why I think I'd want to go and live abroad because for some reason it seems that the, I'm gonna talk about the commercial world because that's what I'm familiar with. But yeah. e even if you see the level of uh, of concepts they put out there or, or commercials, I do believe that Maltese creators do have the capacity. But sometimes it's from the from the client that you're limited. Those restrictions come. Uh, yeah. You're restricted to certain, you know very traditional sort of boring, lame concepts, which you end up mm -hmm. having to do because at the end of the day, um, you know, they're, they're paying you. And that's it. And that's, that's it. You got to make a, you got to think about making a living obviously. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and it's, I think personally, uh, it's, it's one of the biggest struggles is should I take this project? It's not going to look good on my portfolio, but yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. if, you can't be a struggling artist, you know. It's 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 really a difficult situation sometimes, and you have to do what you don't like to do to get where you want to be. Mojek, exactly. I mean, for that moment, you can think about the figures. Say, we oui, at least after this, I'll buy that light I want to buy, or that, or, 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 that, or that lens, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then no you just think of it like that, and uh, exactly, you you, you um, win um, some, you lose some. I mean, can experience شي شي اكسبيرينس اللي اللي تايت فتفتكرها اللي ما تنش كانت طيب بازامبيو سبورت انا تمام تفايتك بوزيسيوني سنيا لا ادسي اصلا من فيرت نبدا اش لا ذيس بين مودر 
<laughs> there's been more than a few i should say i mean not 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 all horrible but uh, there's been a, a fair few times where i've kind of just had to bite my tongue um yeah. or, or 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 worse still just 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 bite the bullet um yeah i mean to be honest it's something that's that's not that's not talked about uh enough really but th- there should be more pressure in 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 the agreements department uh even even in the same way that sort of you know the general workers union looks after uh, other industries and the people who are to get paid responsibly when you're doing projects like they're done here and work comes in it's really quick it's more have this budget go 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 uh, money's being talked about on the fly nothing's really getting signed and then two months later they're looking at the edit and it's like it's mama it's not what we wanted but you don't have the budget to reshoot this but nothing's been signed so you can be stuck in a year if you want gridlock where you're just going back and forth where they're saying no we're not going to pay for this because it's not what we wanted and you're saying yes but you know you agreed to all these elements you agreed to the model you agreed to the script you agreed to so it can be very very messy and and you mentioned abroad i mean abroad the the market is so much bigger and so much more competitive in the sense uh, the average client there you know adidas to survive has to spend a minimum of five six figures upwards on an advert if they want to compete compete with nike you know what i mean because that's what nike are paying so Mm -hmm. that's that's that level of the whole way down um and in that they also have these tight ass agreements that you're not gonna in fact they'll just tell you this month this is what you're getting paid i mean in fact just just um it was maybe over a year ago now i had I was potentially looking at shooting a music video, acting in a music video in Ukraine myself. They were going to fly me out there okay. with a, with Academy Films in London. Uh, right. d- director Ian Ponstuhl does some really cool stuff. Right. And it, it was between me and another guy. They were going back and forth. Obviously, a bit more hassle to fly me from Malta. But, you know, <laughs> they, they, they told me flat out, this this is the this is the rate i can't ima- remember exactly what but it was over a grand a day this is what we can do for you everything else covered um so you know there's a so it's transparent very, 100% and there's an industry kind of standard that they operate around echo, which echo. anything around that will be considered nearly not the case and, and but I things think, and again think, like we said are changing fast though i think that um as with everything in Malta, Takwazi, um, it's it's now it's it's lately that the video industry is picking up. So even I think the level you can see the level from four years ago to today, uh, yes. and even the advancements in technology. So yes. even someone with a mirrorless camera can do miracles with just you mm-hmm. know a small budget. So I think things are changing. However. Um, what you're mentioning is something which is so real and something which affects a lot of freelancers and you know small businesses unfortunately is that we don't have the power and the uh, the support i believe uh, especially when it comes to you know agreements payments it's something which is is really hard to you know you know how artists are like we're working sometimes to make a project uh, to 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 get it submitted on time we're working overnight we're, we're putting our hearts in a project and then you know you send it it's approved it's out yeah you're sending emails to get paid you need to pay your expenses and you're yeah, just ghosted you know and and you've got nothing to show for sometimes as you said with urgent projects it's small 
iċempillek, you don't have time to stay writing him an email, ax, you need to secure a location, you, you need to cast your, your actors, there's no time for a contract, money is, is agreed upon over the phone, and it's all too relatable. So that's... Yes. That's something which I hope, I hope is done differently abroad. And I, I think, as you said, I think it's just a case of standards. Um, yes, because unfortunately those aren't, those are bad working conditions. So you like, you're, you're at that point, you're exhausted, you're up late at night working on the edit overtime and, you know, having these thoughts at the back of your mind. As a hundred percent. Did he fully understand the payment terms? Like, is this all going to be, you know, what, this stuff all in the air. So that's why then uh, abroad and still even here, because there's a lot of good agencies and production houses here. Um, but that's why abroad all this stuff will be done from an agency to an agency to, I mean, there'll be like an agency just looking after the DP set designers and editors. There'll be some like a part just looking after the actors, crew, talent and all that. You know, most of the, even the editors will probably be on a salary basis or will get a package in advance. You know, all this stuff yeah, is cool. just, to make sure even that you're locked in and that if it comes to it and you have to do the overtime, you're already compensated, you know. As that. It is that and sometimes it's invariable that you do overtime. If you agreed on, you know, if you, if you assumed it's going to take 50 hours of editing and you know you need an extra 10 to make it look nice, they're still going to complain. So then you and no one owns so, up yes. on that. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. Ma, we went on a bit of a rant. Ma, it's true. I think that there needs to be something. You mentioned the the uh, General Workers Union. It's something which is something to protect creators and you know self-employed hey, people uh, in the industry. It's something I can't say a lot about yet, but there, there is something like that in, in the works, um, thankfully. All right, all right. Uh, yes, I, I, over the last, um, over last summer, I had a chance to, to work. I had a, a supporting acting role in, in Isri Prejosaro Velenuzi, a, right. a film directed and, and, and shot by, uh, by or DOP'd rather by Martin, Martin Bonici, mm -hmm. Martin. Um, in some it was it was something that is 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 something Martin has been has been uh, toying with and working on for some time, and I'm I'm hoping within the coming months there will he'll he'll be able to announce more on that um, because he's okay. he's been That's very... thinking. I mean, he, he, he can tell you much more than I can on how bad the conditions can be for actors uh, on payment terms, even even for things set like TVM PBS, where you would think actors are look, looked after with decent packages. This contacts, it's quite ugly. Um, so, so hopefully we'll be seeing actually some some movement and some more pressure happening in the future. Meaning, other companies at PBS, some other people are going to have to start pulling their socks up and potentially investing more in the creatives here if uh -huh. they if they if they really want us to be giving them the full the full quality. You know, I've heard some bad stories about actors getting paid. Oh, Malta feature films, bar. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, very mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's true. So so I think it's it, it's a good initiative. We mentioning strip. I'm really excited to see that movie. Yeah? <laughs> Same, you know, I I've uh, I you know there's a cut. I haven't seen it yet though. No, no. Where it's it's obviously things had been a bit more difficult. We had a, a, arranged, I think originally we were going to do a viewing all together as the sort of cast and crew, but with covid and things a bit a bit more difficult. So 
Uh, now I'm just waiting to hear from from Martin regarding that, but I uh, I'm also very excited to to see a cut. <laughs> just just to explain a bit what strip is, can you give us a brief idea of the concept of the story? I'm familiar with it, but maybe not all the sure the sure sure. Would so, be. Uh, in brief, it's it's actually originally based on a, on a novel, a Maltese novel, uh, which I, I I would really really recommend reading. Um, is the uh, novel for, called Strip as well? Uh, yes, I I, I I you know it's this, I believe it, the title is is just a Strip. Strip, um, alright. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's been a while now, but um, but essentially the 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 main uh, the main gist of the story is that it is uh, about this this uh, it's a, it's an intergenerational story to be honest of of nationalist families kind of clashing against the 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 changing values of malta in the 70s and the 80s obviously you had a lot of a lot of struggle at that time uh, between the socialists and the na- and nationalists there was a lot of church state antagonization going on uh, and essentially the the main drive of the plot is this uh, uh, group of um, nationalist patriots, if you like, are, are planning a plot to assassinate Don Mintoff. Um, I, I don't think I should really say any more than right. that. <laughs> um, uh, but this is that that is nice, that nice, is, uh, nice, nice. Il, il, uh, il Perit himself will be there in person <laughs> at, at, <laughs> at one point in the, in the film. Uh, not, not the real one, but uh, a, a nice representation. Um, uh, but yes, I, we're 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 in for an interesting, uh, interesting nice, ride. Nice. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward. And um, I'm gonna ask you. We've been asking this to all the 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 guests on the show. One piece of advice you'd give to local creators. One piece of advice. Um, I think I'm sorry if this this comes maybe in the form of two or three. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. <laughs> um, I think the main the main thing I would say is given given the sort of culture that we live in in this fast pace need to prove yourself type of you know hyper normalized social media whatever. Take the pressure off yourself. Take the time to to find your own voice. Find out a little bit who you really are, um, and and as we've already been saying, uh, take the time to explore that through through your own personal projects. You know, um, reach out to people that in, inspire you, who who might in your in their own funny way be role models. You know that. You might think that's weird, but I think actually most people are, are, are touched. And again, we live in a place like Malta, which there's a very strong community community um, sort of vibe, energy here. Uh, and in and in that sense, in that sense, although it can sometimes lead to its own kind of pressure, because in Malta, I think we do run the risk of leading a magnified life in the sense you can do so much and be in so many places and see so many friends and do so many things in one day that you could actually never maybe really find the time for yourself. But I would say find the time for yourself, take the, take the pressure off, you know, find your own voice. Um, and then once, once you feel grounded, clear, you know, reach out for the people and, and, and do, the, do the projects you want to do. I think it should be as simple as that. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Um, great piece of advice for myself as well. It's easy to get, you know, in a very fast-paced routine, and you just you 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 just 
forget what you're doing this for. I mean, we're all doing this because we love it. So honestly, yeah, if I could put that into a simpler way, it would be, you know, uh, turn off your Instagram and the notifications on it for a week or two. See how you feel when you go through two weeks not looking at other people's posts or ideas or this and that. Okay, maybe read the news or, you know, go on Facebook a bit, read a book, whatever, keep up with your messenger. But sometimes this is the thing. We get locked in these, in these bubbles which become internal expectations and ideas of what a good picture is, what a good idea is, what this is. But what do you think a good idea is? Because that's what matters at the end of the day, speaking with authenticity, you know, with your own voice. And that, that's what I love about what you guys are doing. It's really, really authentic. You know, it's, it's, you're bringing in people to be themselves ultimately. So how can you be, not be more real than that? Yeah, cool. um, <laughs> so, so honestly, that's, that's, that's what I would say. People should be careful not to get caught in the whirlwind there because you can just end up being an anxious mess yourself and never really find the chance to say, Stiamma, who am I in all this? And what do I really want to do in all this? Yeah. Echo. Well, and thank you so much for, uh, for jumping in on the call with us. It's been honestly amazing. Um, getting to know more about, about your background, about, you know, your experiences. Um, looking Likewise. forward to see uh, your personal projects come to life. I'll be the first to share them on social media. Um, thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thanks again um, for all our listeners. Thank you for uh, for listening and for making Stereopastits a part of your Wednesdays. Um, thank you. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Jewel. <laughs>